0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to 12 Ounces of Sobriety Podcast. My name is Pat Sharp here with my awesome co host, Carson Woodell. Carson, how are you? Greetings, Pat.
1: Doing well, doing well. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have the
0: masters on uh, while we're recording this. Can't help it. It's, a, it's, it's a beautiful day today. The weather's going to turn south, uh, starting it, tomorrow with it is. lots yeah. of rain and cooler weather rolling in want to say real quick, uh, we took a two-week break just because we're busy, and we decided to take a two-week break. So uh, we're back this week. Carson, big day for Carson, is back to four months sober. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Did you hit four months? People are clapping. I know you said you hit four months, but did you actually hit four months sober? no you pretended to uh, yeah. while you were I'm sad yeah in the midst of a relapse I don't like saying that word but yeah
1: so I got on it yeah yeah no I I never I don't really know the exact day but I definitely know the exact time frame of when I uh took my first drink again and it was right around this time so I I feel like every day that goes by I'm uh I'm setting a new PR and, you know, that's not something to focus on, but it is good to know that, you know, I am progressing and I'm doing a greater job than I was the first time. So I'll learn from my mistakes and hopefully, you know, just keep this thing rolling out. Uh, but, yeah, it definitely feels good to hit four months.
0: Yeah. And, of course, I've mentioned this before. I learned a lot regarding in my with my each of my relapses. um, I tried taking something from them and learning from them. And it definitely helped to get me where I am right now, which will be 13 months over this coming Monday, uh, which is awesome. And I'll get into more about that here shortly, but want to start with you four months now. What's, what have you taken away from your real your, What have you taken away from when you relapsed, you know, the first, let's say three, three and a half months, you got sober, relapsed, and now you're at this point now. What's been the difference? What have you learned? Kind of walk me through that a little bit. The biggest thing that I learned, and I've said this
1: before and I'll say it again, is that I, the gravity of this disease. um, I actually was talking to my therapist earlier today. We just had a one-on-one and she asked me, you know, because we talked about this today's four months and you know, I didn't make it quite as far in my first time. She's like, So what what's the difference this time going around? I said, I get it. I actually fully one hundred percent get it this time. You know, my actions and my words were all truthful the first time and my thoughts were mainly truthful, but I think that there I I know that there was a subliminal feeling in the back of my head that entire time where I went through this process the first time that I was not a hundred percent on the, on, on board. Um, there was still a little hesitancy. There was still a little, eh, you know, I just need to get better and I can go back. So that is the biggest thing that I learned by relapse. Um, I'd say I also learned that I don't want to be number one, the person who's an alcoholic but also, I don't want to be the person who keeps doing this over and over again, and gets to a point where people aren't going to believe me when I say what I'm. That I'm going to do what I say, and so really to expand on that is, you know, all right, you you relapsed, okay, get back at it, and I'm not saying you can't relapse again, but but it does create this narrative that if you continue to fall back into old ways over and over again, I feel like it's going to be okay. Yep. Here we go again. Okay. Here we go again. I don't want to be that. And so going into it this second time, it's like, okay, I want to do this and I want to get this right, so that when I tell someone that I'm going to do something, that actually means something. Does that make sense?
0: It does, because I think there is there. It's one thing if somebody you relapse, and you know I relapse twice, and with. There's a difference between you know relapsing a couple of times or you know even four, five, six times or, or however many it might be to where in, in you're truly trying to where it's almost just a constant cycle for somebody. you know they get 30, 60, 90 days, then they relapse. then they come back in, I'm not gonna drink again, I'm, I'm here and then you know 60 days later, they do it again, do it again, do it again because I do know people like that that have been going through you know 5 years and it's like every 30 days it's you know it starts over starts over yeah and that's and that sucks by
1: the way i mean like just to empathize on their part like we oh, understand you know, and i know you're not accusing anybody but if that is you like we're not saying shame on you we're saying like that really sucks i mean and i hate that for you so hopefully you know this next time where whether it's your second time or your 160th time like
0: hopefully this time clicks well part of it too and one of the things i realized And the reason I've been successful this third time, uh, well, there's a lot of reasons why. However, one of the big ones is, you know, finally coming to that realization. I I was able to admit that I had a drinking problem as an alcoholic. I just I thought I could outsmart the disease and figure out a way to successfully, you know, if I was really careful about it, I could I could figure out a way to drink and i tried my damn dust at that and it just didn't happen everything just turned back into right away me drinking every day i mean and it's so quick that it happens and that's why there is you know once you realize that you have a problem you need to and you admit to it you really need to accept it because everybody thinks they're different like oh it's not that bad well yeah it is you know if you're getting help because you have a drinking problem it's because you're an alcoholic, and no matter what you do, you're not going to be able to go back out there and be just a casual, moderate drinker. It's just not going to happen. It's not in the cards for us. And and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a half percent of people that can or something like that. But for the most chances I know for me, I can't. And once I realized that and started really focusing on, all right, I just can't drink. And I would say the first, I don't know, six seven months you still have those thoughts running through your head and and things like that and you're you're just constantly working on it and I don't know seven eight months in that desire really starts to lift away and um you know at 13 months now I, I just don't have that desire to drink anymore. Now could it return? I'm sure it could, but that's why I do all the things I do, including this podcast going to meetings you know, helping fellow alcoholics and constantly trying to better myself. That way that doesn't ever creep back in. I was thinking about this the other day. One of my biggest problems in early sobriety uh, the first few times is like, if I had idle time where I just didn't have anything to do, I hated it because all I would think about is drinking. Boredom was, yeah, yeah. the worst. And, and now I can have idle time and I don't think about drinking. I crave it now. And I can just sit there and watch TV and or whatever it might be. If I don't have anything to do, I just don't have anything to do. It's fine. Um, and so at some point, I remember my first meeting, not meeting. Yeah, it was a meeting. Um, my first day at uh, where we went to rehab at. My first... Uh, lecture, and they had brought up this this chart, and it was like your the phases of sobriety, and it was like you know detoxing to pink cloud to hitting wall. a wall, and then kind of like this wave. They said you ride a wave from about six months to a year. Um, you know, kind of that, that wall's around the six month mark where you kind of get through past that hitting the wall from about three months to six months is where you're hitting the wall. And then once you get past six months, you know, you kind of ride this wave and that, and and the, the waves get smaller and smaller as you keep going. And, um, I have found that to obviously to be true because I, th- I think from three to, you know, those first, that first, you know, two weeks you're detoxing then up to about, 60 and 90 days you know you're like wow i'm you're trying to you feel good about yourself and you think you're invincible and then from like three months to six months you do hit that wall and um it can be tough yeah you lose the the excitement
1: um of becoming newly sober and just that fluttery feeling almost or that i can take on the word feeling as you just said i mean and that goes with anything you buy a new car i just got a new car uh my excitement is still there, but it's not always going to be there to the same extent. I'm still going to love it. I hope. I mean, I, I think it's a great car. But you know, in a year from now, I'm not going to be like, oh, get to get to take the new car next to uh, to uh, to work tomorrow. Like I'm super pumped. Like that's not how it works. And you know, silly analogy, but um, I think that's the time that you have to really learn to push through that three to six month mark, that wall mark, because uh, this is actually a perfect segue into what I was going to say about what I'm learning the second time around post getting sober again is i'm learning that this is kind of where the magic starts getting made and i mean that in all categories so you know the first time i got sober i was talking about how great i felt and that still stands true uh you know i was losing weight i was feeling lighter i was feeling healthier um my brain started to work again but now you know, I've seen all that again, but now this is where I start reaping the benefits from it because it takes time to implement, you know, different habits and to actually start seeing results. Um, you know, when it comes to business, I'm in sales, you know, I put in work now that I might see the benefits in six months to a year. Like these things take time, you know, you work out, you don't see results right away. What's the same with this? And so I'm starting to slowly, but surely see results come from all the work that I'm putting in. Whereas last time I didn't stick around long enough to start seeing said results except for the initial good feeling and, you know, mentally and physically. Does that, does that sound like, I mean, kind of what you went through?
0: Yeah. Uh, Well, you gotta think. So the first two times I, you know, had just went to a doctor uh, did a medical detox through my primary care physician, which I don't recommend. I recommend going to a detox facility, uh, which I did the third time. And then I just would hit meetings and kind of white knuckle it. The third time where I actually went to and did an outpatient rehab program um, and really working with a th- one of the biggest things I think for me was working with a therapist and going to those classes and learning about addiction. Um For me, learning about it and seeing kind of why we are the way we are made sense to me. And, of course, you know, the fellowship that that came along with it as well. But it was the first two, the third time, and this time I've been sober. I remember when I was early in sobriety, I was never trying to think of ways I could successfully figure out a way to drink though the way i did the first two times i was sober and um i just kept telling myself you just can't drink you know you can't do it you just can't and it that worked for me i guess and so you know are, are you doing anything differently this time around than last time i do know one of one thing that you're doing differently but meetings yes <laughs> And that's, well, too, because you have a sponsor as well.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, those are those are the two things that I've done differently. Uh, other than that, you know, I do have the same schedule. Um, I one one of the things that I really did well the first time was my schedule. I uh, it, w- excluding the fact that I'd never made time to rest. That's something that I'm, so I guess that's the third thing that I'm implementing now. I'm not doing a great job of it, but it is on my mind and I am working towards it. Um, actually resting my body because I, I tend to, you know, I'm, I'm zero to a hundred with everything that I do. So you put a drink in front of me, I'm going to drink a thousand of them. Or if you tell me to go work out or you tell me to study for a test, it doesn't matter. I'm going all in. It's just my nature. Um, so I think that I had a really good schedule going in um, when I was in the treatment center. I was I never missed a class. I was very involved. Um, I worked really hard at my job. I worked really hard in the gym, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, uh, so you know, so I'm doing all that now. Um, like I said, starting to see benefits, starting to see, um, you know, my wife and I, actually creating a better space for ourselves and develop, you know, developing better habits in a relationship, um, seeing benefits from work and all that good stuff. Cause I'm giving it time, but, um, I'm kind of going on a rant now, but, but I think that, yeah, the biggest thing that I've done is, is meetings, sponsor, creating time for rest, letting all of those other things, um, that I've already been doing well, continue to, uh, you know, to help me grow. Um, but lastly, from a mindset standpoint, as I already mentioned, my mindset's completely different. There's no end goal to I have to hit X amount of days and then I can drink. It's a full-blown radical acceptance in the best way possible and understanding that this is my life now and it is a is an absolutely beautiful thing. So that's what's different.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and I think, too, with sobriety, I think there's a, a bunch of different ways to uh, get sober. I, you know, just going to meetings, I don't think's quite enough. I, you know, going to just a treatment center and that's it is, is enough. I, you know, you got to combine some facets of it or not just completely changing your life. Uh, well, you need to engage in those two and be yeah. passionate about it. That's a huge thing. Absolutely. You know, it's something that I was talking to somebody, I don't know. I think it was when we were in, um, Treatment. Treatment. I think, you know, somebody was talking about like somebody had said they were talking about how trying to one of the people that was leading the lectures was talking about going to meetings and about how important it is to kind of get that set up in early sobriety, a routine of meetings and, and finding one that you enjoy. And uh, and they said, you know, what are you going to do from a year from now when you're not here anymore? And somebody said a year from now, i I should be fine then, and I shouldn't need meetings. And it's like, no, it, there is no cure all for addiction. It's something that you always are going to have to work on. You know, that's what's awesome about going to meetings, and you talk to somebody that's been sober for 25 years, and they still have to work on them, their sobriety because they know, you know, whether you relapse at three months or 25 years, you're going to pick up. Right where you left off, and start drinking the same way you did when you quit. You mentioned earlier,
1: you know, you can't outsmart it. Like I like to think we're some pretty smart guys, but we can't outsmart it, and nobody can. Um, and and that includes, you know, time healing your addiction because that is not a thing. It's scientifically sci- scientifically proven. Um, it's in, it's proven by. Millions and millions of people's experiences who have relapsed over you know I know a guy who just uh he had fourteen years under his belt and then he came to our treatment center and was like, yep, I went straight back to it, old buddy came into town and bam, just like that and uh so it's just understanding that and seeing the big picture, taking it day by day, thousand percent, but also understanding the big picture and the goal is not to get through a certain amount of time. the goal is hey, this is it. But it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like, it can be an amazing thing.
0: So there's this judge in a very rural, small county in Michigan, uh, Judge Middleton, and all of his court cases are on YouTube. And I enjoy watching them. A lot of misdemeanor stuff, a lot of drug and alcohol related offenses. And he tells a story all the time to people about. Uh, Jeff Daniels, the actor, and I think the reason he uses them because Jeff Daniels is from Michigan and and so is his judge. And he says, you know, Jeff Daniels had a drinking problem. He quit drinking. He made 11 years sober. And uh, one day he was in a hotel room and he had a, a, you know, stocked little mini bar. And he thought, you know, it's been 11 years. I deserve a drink and I'll be fine. And so he had a couple drinks and right down the rabbit hole he went right away and then he came out of it and got sober again i think he's been sober for like 18 years since then or however he tells the story but the reason he tells that story to people is it doesn't matter if you've been sober for you know one day or you know 20 years you're an alcoholic and that disease is still sitting in you for those of you who
1: don't know jeff
0: daniels is most famously
1: known for uh for the movie dumb and dumber he's alongside jim carrey
0: um I don't know if that'd be we most don't famous debate for. debate this.
1: Okay. What is he most famous for, then?
0: I don't know. Uh, good show. Oh. He's, oh, he's right. really good at so it. he's most uh,
1: family, famously known for I Don't Know, and then second would be Dumb and Dumber.
0: Well, I'm just saying he's done a lot of stuff. Uh, Newsweek. You're dumb and Dumber. Or The Newsroom, whatever that is. Uh, uh, yeah, The, the Newsroom. The Newsroom, his monologue that he has. That yeah. was pretty great. That was pretty crazy. Rust Belt, I think, is the name of the show. Really good show that he stars in he's actually a addict in that he plays one anywho that's kind of a weird tangent to get off on but oh now you know we need context oh there was one thing i did want to bring up too was there was in the state of colorado um there was a bill that they were trying to pass that would require um substance free seating in large venues hence Baseball games, football games, NBA games, Concerts. things like that. Yeah, that you would have to have a um, a section that is alcohol-free. And it did uh, fail. It didn't pass. And it kind of got me thinking about that a little bit. And it would be kind of nice to have a section, one, for no drinking, and two, more family-friendly as well. But also, I think the sober movement so to say i don't know what you want to call it. it's getting stronger i think people especially coming out of the pandemic um numbers are up for alcoholism and then on top of that people are looking at living a healthier lifestyle so i, I think that drinking people are trying to get sober and um stay sober so i is kind of a a good idea to have i don't know why it wouldn't pass i don't know yeah i mean maybe because it was a statewide thing
1: and there were you know they didn't want it to be a blanket requirement i mean who knows i'm not uh very keen on the legislation these days uh, and all the the laws that go down in a lot of these states but uh i mean what, one thing that i was um surprised and interested in hearing is that apparently half of the nfl football stadiums already have sections that are okay that are sober um so i mean that's 16 large nfl stadiums I wonder across the Charlotte nation if they do yeah that's the first thing i thought was i wonder if bank of america has it i've never seen it but uh i hadn't heard of that being a thing until you know i watched this video um and then fenway park also has it boston red Sox, so they have it and um i i think they mentioned a couple other things but you know they so they yeah, they talked to a guy he's a he's a huge deadhead uh grateful dead you know fa- fanatic and uh he's been sober for like i don't know like 30 years or something like that and he said uh that was that that type of like idea was planted in his head you know he used drugs and alcohol for a long time and then he's you know he was like well this is a way that i can still be a deadhead you know go and enjoy these concerts without using drugs this is great because um, I can be around alcohol, but I mean, it doesn't help anybody to, you know, expose yourself, especially to that much and be in that environment. It's so easy um, for that to be the part where you cave. So, I mean, I think it would have been a great idea, at least a rollout or something, or maybe they can try, you know, a certain, you know, County, you know, we have dry counties in us. I mean, like you could just do it for the venues or something, just see how it goes. Cause it's not required. I mean, there are you know, thousands of other seats of people that can use. And it's just a small section. could be like a few hundred people. Yeah. And so I think
0: it would be a great idea to do,
1: you did, know. Did we see why it got shot down? I did. I'm sure it was in there, but. Probably a sales thing. You're sold. not going to bring in enough revenue. for all kind of sales. That's my impersonation of whoever shot it down or whatever group of people.
0: I don't know. It it kind of just seems like the logistics of it was was kind of hard to do. But, you know, if half the NFL stadiums yeah. are doing it, I don't know. It couldn't be that hard.
1: Yeah, but, you know, big takeaway from this is people are trying. Yeah. So, you know, we had a sober bar in Charlotte fail. We have another one that is on the docket to be uh, opened here relatively soon, I think. We we talked about that in a previous episode. Uh, you know, the sober curious movement is a thing. Um, yeah. It's a lot over social media. But, it, you know, the fact that they, they try to get a bill passed, like it's not going to be the only one. So they, people are trying.
0: You know, we discussed that, too, at our we uh, did a escape room night with us people that we had went to recovery with and we were sitting down discussing that and like one of the things it's gonna be like a music venue in there have full bar full of mocktails and one of the things i was talking about and i don't know if i said this or not on the podcast but like have something better than like mocktails you know have milkshakes or you know cool frozen drinks and it doesn't need to just be mocktails and because uh, it's a still a it, variety it, of craft sodas, it is a good alternative
1: in, in certain scenarios, but it's still, I don't know, that it's like the mindset going in. Yeah. It's still like, a, you know, alcohol is on, is on the brain, at least when you are ordering a mocktail. Because, it, first of all, it sounds like a uh, cocktail for a reason, but you know, it's it's all the other elements of that cocktail minus the alcohol. Yeah. So, for your body, yes, it's, have it's way better, but appetizers or yeah, something, just you know. like, just like the, the kind of mental thing that's still surrounds by it uh could be eliminated by finding substitutes yeah but what do we know
0: yeah that will wrap it up for today and next week i think we're interviewing a gentleman from down under in australia so or new zealand sorry new zealand and so that'll be fun i already lives in
1: one of the hobbit houses you don't know that New Zealand is where they filmed Lord of the Rings? I've never, they had seen, those houses? I've never seen Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. Somebody get this man. I'm not into like I don't it know. it I'm not either, but it's just a famous movie. It's like I really, do like really Harry good. Potter's.
0: Okay. But anywho, um You're a wizard Harry. So we'll do that. Uh, give us five stars. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. No, sorry. Follow us on Instagram. Or Twitter, Twelve Ounces Sobriety Pod, please, and that will wrap it up. You can email us too, at twelve ounces sobriety pod at gmail.com. and uh, yeah, feel every, free to send us some
1: ideas of stuff you want us to talk about, questions, yeah, anything. We're 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 open to it, and we love we love when we you would guys love some ideas on what we should discuss on this podcast we we have we could go anywhere but um you know we have all sorts of things that are in the plans but we also want to include you know our listeners and and anything that we can address or possibly talk about i mean we'd love to do so
0: yeah so uh with that thank you guys very much everybody have a fantastic week and we will talk to you next time
1: yeah